Welcome to the Partner Strategy Network podcast. I'm Wesley Crelo, and I'm here with Mark Sochin, and we'll be discussing a range of topics on partnerships for enterprise software vendors. Welcome, Mark. Hey, Wesley. Good to have you here. Yeah. It's fun talking about partner stuff. Where do you want to start today? Why don't we talk about partner types for today? What kind of partners are there? That's a great question because everybody knows that partnerships are important, but a lot of people don't realize that there's different kind of partners and not one partner size that fits all. And I've always talked about kind of a pyramid of partnership types where you go from the lowest value to the highest value. So let's start with some of the simpler partner types, uh, referral partner. What is a referral partnership, Wesley? Yeah, so a referral partnership is a situation where you've got a partner that's going to introduce a prospective customer to you, and you want to credit them for that wonderful introduction that you can go make money from. And so you set up an arrangement where you essentially accept these referrals and then pay them a commission when you go and close that business. Okay, so when's a good time to be using a referral kind of partnership? These are loose, lightweight types of partnerships. And so it's just whenever you come across a situation where you want to operate at arm's length and somebody might be in a position to make an introduction that's valuable to you. Okay. And like how much time does it take to get a referral partnership signed up? A couple of days should be sufficient. A pretty standard paperwork wow, to get one of these in place. Yeah, not bad at all. Okay. Tell me some examples. Have you seen any kind of examples that either are successful or pitfalls to avoid? Yeah, absolutely. So it can happen. I think often you've got a mutual customer and the customer for whatever reason is working with your partner, but they decide they want to buy from you instead. And so in place of a resale type of arrangement, they might just refer the business and then you can take it directly with your end customer. And I remember working with another company, a fintech company, where they set up a referral program with a series of companies that had relationships with the CIOs of their target customer profile. And because that other referral partner had a high credibility and experience, it really set it up perfectly for them to be able to make an introduction and a referral that really counted. Yeah, it definitely helps to have that warm intro for, for the credibility. Any downsides in the referral program? One thing to look out for is often there just isn't quite enough incentive to motivate people to make those introductions. And so it's something to be used for the right time and place. And is there kind of any rules of thumb, like what percentage and for how long you should be paying them? Or is that really deal by deal specific? Definitely be deal specific. Usually it's only for one year, that arrangement that your commission applies only to the first year. Let's move up the uh, partnership pyramid chain of value and let's talk about procurement resellers. What's a procurement reseller? A procurement reseller is somebody who is purchasing your software on behalf of your end customer. And so what's different about this is really your end customer is also their customer and they're charging their fee and providing a service to your end customer. And how's everybody make money in that kind of a situation? For a procurement reseller, they're going to make money primarily by charging your end customer a fee for their service in purchasing software on their behalf. And then what's interesting about this is they'll try to make a little bit of extra money by getting a discount from you as a partner. But typically you should resist that because they're charging their fee to the end customer. And we're really only doing this because that's the preferred way of purchasing by that end customer. How long does it take to get a procurement reseller partnership set up? 
These are quite quick. You don't even need a formal partnership. You can do a one-time resale type of order. And so this is all just part of a transaction. So it shouldn't take more than a couple of days to get set up with one of these either. Any pitfalls to avoid with the procurement reseller partnership? Yeah, I think the tricky thing is it's hardly a partnership. Really, it's we've got a job to do together. Let's get it done. And you shouldn't have any illusions that that procurement reseller is going to go off and source additional business for you. They're just acting on the direction of their customer. Well, once again, let's bump up the value chain of partnerships and talk about VARs, value-added resellers. What's a VAR? A value-added reseller is going to purchase your software and then resell it to their own clients. And often they're going to do that by bundling in additional software or services around your product to complete the solution for an end customer that's their end customer. And how does everybody earn money in that kind of a deal? Yeah. So a VAR is going to earn money on the margin between how much they buy the software from you for and how much they sell it to their end customer for. And then who sets those margins? And is there any rules of thumb about what those margins should be? The margins will be set by you, the ISV, the vendor who's selling the software. You'll be setting your partner program and setting your margins. And the margin is going to vary based on how much of the sale effort that partner is contributing. And so that's the thing to look out on. That really just depends on how much they're adding in there. So how long does it take me to get a VAR reseller partnership set up? And does it take time to get them up to speed? Is there any kind of training they're going to do to make sure they're effective? Yeah, it does. So this is a more involved type of partnership. So you're going to want to get them through your training, make sure they understand your products. I think what's different between this and a procurement reseller is that this VAR knows your business. They know your space. They know your technology. But that means you've got to get them up to speed on what you do, how you do it, what's your value proposition. And so there's a lot of training that goes into that to making sure they're prepared to represent you well. And you should budget a, a month or two even to get them all up to speed. Tell me about GSIs or global system integrators. Those are like the Accentures, the Cap Geminis, right? Those are the big guys that have global practices. Absolutely. So these are the large IT services firms like Accenture, Deloitte, Cognizant, Infosys, and they have hundreds of thousands of employees and they are going to provide all sorts of IT services for your end customers. And they're earning money by providing consulting services, which is something that people often lose sight of. You got to keep in mind their service providers, that's where they're focused. And so that's how they earn money. And if your product aids their consulting services, then that's a good match for a GSI type relationship. Anything that you can do with your product to drive their additional services is where you need to go. Okay. Now these global system integrator relationships, these take a long time, don't they, to get set up? They absolutely do. And so the rule of thumb is it can take as long as a year to get a GSI wow. up and running. It's a big investment on all fronts, but it can pay off. And so the amount of business you can do through a GSI once you get this up and running is much larger than you can with most of the other partner types. So is there like a typical size of company that you should be before you even bother trying to invest a year of signing up a global system integrator partner? You have to have a certain amount of market presence to make it worthwhile because the GSI is going to be looking for clues from the industry, looking for clues from their customers. And if there's no pull, no spark from the market, then you can have an uphill battle to get them to be the innovators that go first with your technology. 
if I'm a seed stage company, GSIs are not a good plan for me. Likely not where you would start. Okay. And then granddaddy of all strategic partnerships, our passion, you and I both have experience with this, OEM partnerships. What's OEM stand for? What is an OEM partnership? OEM stands for Original Equipment Manufacturer, which hardly makes sense. That's an old school manufacturing term. Really, we just use that to refer to a partner situation where the partner is going to license your products and then bundle your products in with their own software products. And so they're going to make money by selling their own product that includes your product. And why would you want to do that? You would do this when your product adds value to the other vendor's product and where there's just it's a good partner product fit, you would do that. And this particular partner type offers a lot of advantages in terms of streamlining and removing friction from the sales process. So because you are bundled in, it's very easy and low friction for that partner to just include your product in their sales. You get a lot of brand and market reach benefits, right? I mean, I remember uh, in my early days working at Crystal Reports, we had a report writer, but we didn't have much of a sales reach. Most of the market didn't really even know much about report writing or business intelligence. But because we got OEM deals with Microsoft Visual Basic and dozens of others, suddenly we had a distribution reach of millions of customers. So it was a way for us to get very quickly into the market and then we distributed a light version in that OEM and made sure we had an upsell to a pro version. And that was really effective. Yeah, absolutely. And so you have to make sure you do it right. And in that case, careful use of not white labeling your product is key yeah. to the success. And looking forward to an upcoming podcast episode where we go into the do's and don'ts to replicate that success. Sounds good. Thanks, Wesley. Thanks, Mark. 